0: How's it going, everyone? You're listening to Trico Tidbits. That's the show with the terrible name, but the fantastic guests. Uh, I'm joined today by Edwin Estes Esquire. Uh, And uh, can I call you, Ed? Please call me, Ed. Thanks, Ed. So, you know, Ed has been an attorney uh, at law since 1983. He's been a real estate broker since 1984. Uh, active in real estate law, real estate brokerage and management, uh, and serving as a professor and uh, program coordinator for Mount San Antonio College's real estate uh, uh, program. Um, Ed's also co-authored the best-selling uh, real estate textbook, Principles of uh, Cal- Sorry California Real Estate Principles, which is now in its tenth edition. Uh, and he's also served actually. As-
1: it's now in its eleventh edition. We've got a new edition coming out, and I've got a practice book too. So we got principles and practice coming out for my students.
0: Principles, practice. Uh, you've been a judge pro tem. Uh, you've served as a mayor. You've got a lot under your belt. Is there anything I missed?
1: I think you've said a lot. Yes. Okay,
0: good. <laughs> good. All right. So, uh, so Ed, it's kind of leads me to one of the questions I had just to kind of get things going. I mean, you've seen things from both sides of the game, as I would say, you've been in the real estate practice, like where you're working with clients, the brokerage side, and you've done real estate law. If you had to pick one, which way are you going?
1: I've that? always liked brokerage. I'm what they call an SOB, son of broker. Uh, My dad was a broker for years and kind of got into the business through him. So uh, I've always been more on the real estate side. Um, I've never really got into the sales and it just gets too stressful sometimes, uh, which is about, what, 13 years ago when Mount SAC had an opportunity for me to join them full-time teaching. Uh, I really love interacting with other real estate professionals, both those coming into the business or those who've been in the business for years. So teaching is kind of my niche, and doing a little training and that sort of stuff. So that's that's what I really enjoy.
0: Okay, great. I mean, and you just brought up again uh, that you are uh, the program coordinator and a professor of real estate at Mount Sac. Uh, what what originally got you working with Mount Sac and that? How did that happen?
1: Well, I've always taught, you know, part time as an adjunct, maybe one class a semester or something like that when I was engaged in both law and uh, real estate management. Um, actually, it was the economy. Uh, I joined Mount in 2008. And if we think back to what was going on in 2008 and then the subsequent years after that, um, I, I just will ask myself, do I want to, I'm going to have to reinvent myself. And when Mount SAC opened up the position, I thought, oh my gosh, this is, this is perfect for me because I can just simply teach and talk to people about real estate, which is what I really enjoy doing. I, I love the educational process. I love what I call the interactive learning because oftentimes I will learn more in a classroom, uh, particularly when I do a seminar, say for tri-counties, I'll learn more in a classroom from them that they will learn from me because I'm truly learning what's going on in the field without actually practicing. And there's some crazy stuff sometimes going out in the field and it helps me because then I can relate that back to not only people in my classroom, but people to your association when I'm teaching classes on the contracts, the listing agreement, the buyer representation agreement, and the purchase agreement, which of course is coming out to 16 pages in December. So that'll be, that'll be exciting.
0: It yeah, most certainly will. I should add, I'm actually, uh, was one of your pupils in real estate principles. That's where I got my, uh, my principal certification. Oh really? so, Yeah. I, I learned, I learned from you what I, what I've come to understand is the first rule of real estate law. And that is I uh, uh, when something goes wrong, sue everybody. <laughs> So I, I hope I remembered that correctly or not. Actually,
1: actually, when something goes wrong, talk to your broker. That's actually the first rule. Yes. Then the second rule is going to be sue everybody. Yes.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Um, and so uh, it, you mentioned the the growth of the RPA. So I, if you don't mind, I want to talk about that real quick. And especially for those, those agents, real estate agents who are watching, there are some big changes coming to some of our key documents. Is there anything you want to share about that?
1: Sure. Um, the good thing about the change of the RPA is the actual meaning of it. What the current RPA says and what the new RPA says in terms of the timelines, what the clauses say, that's relatively the same. So, the meaning of it, so it'll, I think it'll be a fairly easy transition from a knowledge standpoint. What makes it scary is the first three pages of the new RPA is a grid form section. So you're gonna be filling out blanks and checking boxes on the first three pages. And then the remaining 13 pages is going to be the boilerplate, if you wanna call that textual material, that's going to explain what those boxes are in the first three pages. So for existing practitioners who've been in the business here in this locality for ages, it's gonna be a fairly easy transition. What's gonna really concern people or mess people up are brokers who are coming in from out of state, who have been say practicing in another state for years, get their California license, come over here. They're gonna be really confused. Attorneys, it's gonna drive them nuts because you got a section here, but to find out what it means, you gotta go to the section over here And there could be seven or eight pages between those. So it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve for everybody. The good news for our members, because we are an affiliate member of Tri-Counties, the good news for our members is if they're comfortable with the current purchase agreement, they're going to be comfortable with the information in the new purchase agreement. It's just going to be in different locations. So when you try to find a paragraph, it's going to be a little bit more difficult.
0: Okay. So the essence is the same. We're, we're changing the format then. Right. Right.
1: And then some new forms that came out last month, real quick, there is now a transfer of listing agreement. So if you want to say you're leaving your current broker or going to a different broker and you and your broker agree that you can move a listing with you because those listings belong to your broker, there is now an agreement to do that. We also have new language in the listing agreement that addresses the what I like to call buyer love letters or buyer letters where a buyer writes a letter to the seller saying, please take my offer, not the other person's offer. Well, in those letters, that buyer might reveal something that would affect a protected class, like race, color, creed, something of that nature. And it cautions sellers about that. Matter of fact, the default language in there is, sellers do not want to receive those letters or you can opt in to seller receiving those letters it's a big concern uh regarding fair housing violations so um those are the two big ones there's some other stuff coming in there um as i mentioned the new sbsa that monster 14 page form on the second page it has a really cool table of contents now so Mm. it's going to be a lot easier to find stuff in that sbsa to allow agents to use that document when your client has a question about mediation or Megan's law or arbitration, you don't want to explain it to them because that's the unlicensed practice law. You can just show them that particular section, the it should be good to go.
0: All right. Perfect. And uh, OK, so I feel like we're transitioning well here. We've got uh, real estate law and that's uh, real estate law and especially the practice of realtors has kind of uh, been in the national spotlight and it's a little touch and go. Can you tell me a little bit about what's going on with the Department of Justice? I know there's been some new new developments.
1: Sure. Um, there is a movement out there. I won't get into the particular players that are pushing this for um, liability issues, but There is a movement out there to disclose to buyers and potential buyers how much commission the agent working with the buyer is going to receive, who we like to call the buyer's broker or the buyer's agent. NAR, Department of Justice, DOJ are still trying to work this out. They thought they'd have it worked out last month. As a matter of fact, CAR had some forms to assist in the disclosure of that commission, but I guess negotiations broke down. I don't know if it has to do with the change of administration, new attorney general, we don't know. It kind of surprised NAR, so we're basically back to uh, square one. All we need to know at this point is, it looks like there will come a time when a agent representing a buyer will have to disclose to that buyer either before they start showing them properties or before they write an offer of how much commission that agent is going to receive via the seller's agent through the MLS. Mm. Now, as part of this, I am thinking it will cause more agents to use that buyer representation agreement, the BRE, I've done several classes for Tri-Counties on that. I believe it has been recorded and is available on the Tri-Counties website. If you don't want to attend one of my classes, that's fine. Uh, But please listen to that presentation because not only do I explain the contract itself, but I will also show you how to overcome any objection a buyer might have to signing that agreement. And that's what I found is the reason that most agents are not using that buyer representation agreement, that buyer broker agreement, is they're afraid the buyer's gonna say no or ask them questions about it or object, and they don't know how to deal with it. In my presentation, I guarantee there is no objection that cannot be overcome. So we actually go into some role playing with the members in the class Mm. Where they get to pretend like they're the agent or to pretend like they're the buyer. I get to play the agent because I found that when you ask somebody about role playing, hey, do you like to go role playing? Everybody says, oh, yeah. No, they like to watch role playing. There you go. And if they're going to be in role playing, they want to be the buyer or the seller. Nobody likes to be the agent. Mm. And in my classes, and you may remember this from our courses, um, one of the things that I think sets Mount SAC apart, sets my classes apart, is we do get to engage in role-playing and you learn so much more from that than in a home study or a correspondence class. And your passage rate on the state exam is gonna be much higher because you really know the material. So Mm -hmm. that's the detail we go into on that buyer representation class. And I think if agents start using that, the concern we have about Buyers learning how much commission the agent is going to receive, it's going to become a non-issue because the buyer has already signed a contract with the agent, just like the seller signs a contract with the agent.
0: Perfect. Um, I'm going to have to check out the recording, too. Uh, It always, you know, it is kind of it does kind of stir up the agent's courage when they know they can they can throw whatever boogeyman objections that they have against you instead of having to try to think up a way themselves. So that's cool.
1: And again, a lot of it is, is concern because they're not familiar with the agreement. Hmm. And I think I'm going back 15 years when I finally decided, look, there has to be a way to present this agreement. So I just sat down for several hours. I went through that agreement and thought of any possible objection a buyer could have. And I figure out how to overcome those objections. And once you get comfortable with it, I can say this, if I were a buyer and I had a competent, knowledgeable agent, I would have no objections to signing that BRE form with them.
0: Mm.
1: No objections whatsoever.
0: Perfect. And then, so now it, it's kind of going into some, since you do work with people who are getting licensed. Let's say you're approached by somebody who is unlicensed; they want to become licensed, they want to start their own real estate business. What just what's some what's some basic advice that you'd give them if they're at that point?
1: Well, again, this is a little bit self-serving, but my first advice is come to Mount come take one of my classes because. If I can engage a full room of realtors at a realtor association, and sometimes they're free, sometimes they have to pay. But if I, can, if I can teach to professionals, then I'm going to be able to offer real life, real world examples to help a new person come through. And if there is a concept or something they don't understand, we can explain it and we can go through it again again or in my conference hours to you know to get it through. So I think having that quality of education in real estate principles, you know, a lot of brokers out there will say, "Oh no, you know, you don't learn anything in real estate principles, you know, that's not real world." No, that's what's on the exam. If you know real estate principles, it's like driver's education. Real estate principles is like driver's education, you know, what how long or how far do your headlights have to shine? Okay, what, what use is that, right? No, but what does that red and white octagonal sign mean? What does the red light mean? You now there are some really important things you need to learn in principles so you could pass the state exam. Real estate practice is like driver's training. Mm-hmm. Now we get into and we'll explain the listing agreement, the purchase agreement, how to present these documents, how to get them signed, how to overcome objections to a listing, to a biorepresentation agreement, things of that nature. That's in real estate practice. And while I teach those classes online and I've been doing that for 18 months, this fall I get to go back into the classroom and that's where you really have interactive learning because <clears throat> then students and I can, you know, exchange ideas, talk about things, Um, deal with misunderstanding because a lot of our students who come in or a lot of new agents who come into the business um, they thought it worked one way it really doesn't it works this way Mm. and again I've been doing this for over 45 years so I haven't seen it all but I've seen an awful lot (laughs) and I can share that with my students and they can share things with me so that and I found this from brokers brokers tell me they always like to see my former students come into their companies because they've got a head start they've actually filled out an agreement a purchase agreement a listing agreement a buyer representation agreement because those are my assignments that I give in real estate practice so it's just more hands on more interactive and i think my students actually look forward to that that exchange just like when i have my live classes at tri counties we fill the room i mean i wish i wish we had a bigger room <laughs>
0: So perfect. All right. Now there is one thing I want to uh, to spring on you real quick. This is a little tradition for guests on the on the show. If you wouldn't mind obliging me, I'm going to share a quote to my screen, and if you wouldn't mind delivering that quote, however you'd like, I okay. would again be obliged to you.
1: Okay. <laughs> I think it's wrong that only one company gets to make the game monopoly.
0: All right, perfect. Well, uh, Ed, thank you again for your time. Thank you for uh, for your good advice. Uh, you know, if, as long as you've had a great time, we hope to see you again on the show.
1: Okay, I'd love to come back. And uh, again, I don't know if we mentioned that up, but we've got a legal forum coming up on September fifteenth. John Gardinelli will be there, your your legal counsel. We've got Ed Zorn, who is legal counsel for CRMLS, and they've included me on the panel too. So it'll be a fun exchange where members can come in and ask us any question they want to, and the three of us will do our best to answer those questions.
0: Perfect. All right. Well, thanks again, and uh, Ed, you have a good day. I'll see you later.
1: Okay. Thank you very much. Have a great day.